Yeah, 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 this your boy, Lita Johnson, the host of the Follow Your Sports Podcast. We are here to talk about basketball. It's going to start in about three weeks. I'm excited. We got sports back. Now, that's lit. Now, the year kind of, you know, whatever they saying, I feel like that year, if it's a bad situation, they shouldn't play. But at the same time, let's keep it 100% real. We want sports. That's not even an understatement. But if it's not safe, then forget sports. So now, let's go to it, all right? I'm looking at teams, and we're going to start first with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlantic Division, the division that they are in. Um, Bringing to the Sixers and what they bring to the table, um, First, you got to start up and down with their whole roster, statistics, what they was doing before everything went down. Now, you got people that's healthy now. People ain't been getting no run. Tobias Harris led the team in scoring 19.4. Ben Simmons had 7.8 assists, 8.2 rebounds. He led the team in rebounds and assists. It's crazy. Then you got, he also led the team in steals. You know, Al Horford around in blocks. Now, Joel B, 23 points a game. 11.8 rebounds. This was all based on, you know, per so many games. You know, Joel Embiid playing 44 games and Ben Simmons playing 54. It's just they're basically saying, you know, we didn't qualify yet to lead the team, basically. But, no, Embiid, 23 points, 11.8 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 1.3 blocks. You look at the type of player that he is, I mean, he's one of the – I think people forget because when he get hurt and then this year he kind of had an off year. If 23, 11.8 is an off year. But it is for MB. MB should be scoring 28 points a game on people easy. I feel like the rebounds is there. Of course, he can get 13. He has that type of talent. But I don't, I don't feel like you feel like you should go up on rebounds. It's the scoring. You can score 28 points a game easy on you. He can get five assists a game. I, I just think he's, he's the guy that's going to end up becoming their complete center. And Ben Simmons, 16.7 points, 8.2 assists, 7.8 rebounds, 2.1 steals. I, I think pretty soon he'll be getting 1.0 blocks at least. You know, I think he'll be one of those players that's just such a everything threat. What he's been doing this year is amazing. Like, Ben Simmons has been, I think, the best defensive player. It's just the way he changes the game. As a defender, he really has been lights out. Josh Richardson, 13.8 points, you know, 3.1 assists. He was the guy that was becoming the ball extra ball handler, you know, the secondary point guard. Al Horford, 12 point, uh, points a game, 6.9 rebounds, 4.1 assists. I think it's too much pressure on what he should be. Alec Burke scoring 10.7 points a game, 9.7 for Cork Myers. This is a bench. 9.5 for Milton, 7.4 for Robinson III. This is the bench. 5.7 for Mike Scott. 4.7 for Dybul. This is the bench. Neto, 4.3. This is good. You think these four, these, the, the, the Neto and the Thibault ain't good. That's great when you got three players that's uh, over nine points a game. 
And then you got a seven-point game guy. And right, right there, that's your bench is looking good. So you end up getting other players like Mike Scott and Thibault and Neto and Quinn who can do things like this bench is dangerous. They're not talking about the Sixers like they should be talking about them. I think the, the chemistry thing, I said this at the top of the year. If anybody followed my tweets, I said chemistry was always going to be it because the Sixers have never had a chance to jail. They constantly change this team around time and time again. What are they asking Al Horford to do? I, I really want to ask that. I don't understand that. All right, 34.8 points. Excuse me. Embiid is shooting 34% from the, from three when he was terrible last year. I think he had like 29%, 30%. Like he was, It was a bad, but 34.8 looking good for a guy. Shooting almost four a game. Hitting almost two a game. 81% from the free throw line. It's just people want to see more, and I do too. I think if he could be a dude that average 28 and 14, I could see him being that type of player. Hitting um, 47% from the field. I think he could hit 50% from the field. Embiid is a dominant. Once he hit his peak, he hasn't hit his peak yet. Embiid is, is, is more than dominant. I could see 55% from the field, 37% from three. I could see 40% from three from a guy like Embiid. He's that type of super center. 15 rebounds. The dude's a super center. Tobias Harris hitting 47% from the, from the field, 36% from three, 80% from the free throw line. This is a dangerous team. These are the main players right here. Ben Simmons, let's talk about 62.7%. He's getting up. He was going up and starting to hit better, and he's averaging – five attempts like he's trying to get to the line now he's slowly everybody wants him to develop so 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 fast because they know they see the potential and soon he's going to do it hitting 33 percent from three yeah he's he's tried a little bit but he's hit you know 33 percent 58 percent from the field pretty soon he's going to be very hard to guard he's going to average 20 points a game in his sleep I think he'll be one of those type of guys, average 20 points a game for about five seasons, and then, then soon, about three seasons, going to be 25 points a game. He'll get an MVP or two. I think Ben Simmons is just not done. He's just, he's a phenomenal, you watch this guy play basketball without even developing his skill set. It's crazy. Like, he he ain't got to that point yet. But anyway, Jason, Josh Richardson, excuse me, former sixer Jason Richardson. Uh, Josh Richardson hit 42.9% from the field. That needs to get better, of course. A little bit better. Let's hit 44% at least. 32.7% from three. Come on, let's go up 36. Let's do it. He can do that. 36, I can see that. I think uh, Tobias Harris is 42%. All right, Josh Harris, 78.9% from the free throw line. Al Horford, up. Al Horford hitting 44% from the field, right? Hit 33.7% from the three-point line. Of course, he can go good in there. I think he can get up to about 38% or 36%. 36% would be great for him. He can get to 38. I can see 38 from Al Horford. But 36 is all you need from him. And just a little bit more, I think, at least 48, 47% from the field. 48% from the field. Even 49, I think... Al Horford can get the 49 to 50% from the field. 
at the most. He can definitely do that. But 47 would be cool. 47 would be great. With 36, it'd be great for Horford. I don't think he's doing as bad as, as, as publicized. I think it's crazy. Alec Burke is doing great. Hitting from the, he's a scorer. You know, he used to shoot better from the field, but he's a scorer. Cork Mines has been unbelievable from the three. He's, he's, he's had a, a great year of hitting clutch shots. Shake Milton, 45% from the three, 49% from the field. That's why I say I think Horford could hit higher percentage of shots. 48, 49% should be nothing for him. You know, even if hitting, you know, 46, 36% from three, I think he can do that. Just had to be smarter shots. Even 51% for Horford. I just think he'll be in the inside a lot. But at the same time, when you're hitting three-point shots, I mean, 47%, that's why I say for MB, that's good. Because he's, he's hitting three-point shots. He's shooting almost four a game. Al Horford... Is shooting uh, over four three-pointers a game. He has to hit at least more, you know. You got to hit one more shot than, you know, get to that point, you know, because he can hit that three. Horford's not doing bad at all I mean, to me. And Glenn Robinson third also has to shoot better, you know, from, from long range. But he's another guy that can score, can drive. I mean, goodness. Mike Scott hitting 35.8 from three. Thibault hitting 35% from three. They just had to do better from the field. They're almost shooting below 40%. Kylo Quinn's hitting 48%, even though he's shooting, you know, he, he's, he's, um, even though he's shooting a little bit, little clips, you know, the 30% from three. He's not shooting that much, that many threes, but he's hitting a high percentage for a center. That's good. Norville Pell's hitting 51%. I mean, they have a deep team. So I'm looking at the Sixers to be the, the problem out there. Then you're looking at Toronto. I want to get more about what Toronto's about. And that's going to be one of Philadelphia's uh, biggest opponents to face. Toronto is really a remarkable job was being done over there. Even though Kawhi's gone, just, it just shows you. Pascal Siakam, excuse me, is an all-star. Has proved his worth. Kyle Lowry is dynamic all-star year. One of the last true point guards left. Kyle Lowry, man, is like a uh, Mark Jackson on steroids almost. Van Fleet having a big year. Big year. Norman Powell having a big year. Ibaka and a boy. The guy that, listen, from Indiana OG was always considered a, almost a lottery pick. He just got hurt. They still got Gasol and, and Terrence Davis and Hollis Jefferson. Chris Boucher just came up and gave him somebody off the bench. It's, it's something to see. But um, ironically, you know, you look at some guys, they also got a couple. OJ Brissett, O'Shea Brissett and Shamari Pounds. Just watch out for them guys. And, and Stanley Johnson, let's see what happens, like with the development of some good players that never, you know, reach their potential. OJ Brissett was a good recruit, big-time recruit out of uh, high school. Shamari Pounds was a, a light-em-up guy. Something like Vernon Maxwell for St. You know, John. Let's see if one of those guys come up in the near future. But, you know, I think the Sixers can handle them. I don't think the Sixers can have a problem with Toronto. I just think that Toronto plays good as a team. But if you got MB and Simmons playing at the top of their games or, even, you know, even B-plus of their games, they're going to win. They're going to beat them in seven games. 
I mean, a seven-game series. I don't see a team that can mess with their length. Josh Richardson has yet to fill out himself. Uh, Boston is a, is a team that everybody is into, and I understand because Jason Tatum is starting to look like that superstar. You know, he's leading them in scoring. You know, at twenty-three point six. But Kimber Walker is is a problem. So is Jalen Brown, along with Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram. Out of that class, it was Jalen Brown who was also a big time one and done. And he's doing his thing. He's scoring. Gordon Hayward is back. Marcus Smart is back. I mean, he, he's there. I mean, Daniel Thies, you know, he's a, a big time, a big guy that can block some shots. They got Katner giving them some attitude. Um, you know, Robert Williams III, Grant Williams, those guys are starting to get a little time. Tremont Waters starting to get some time. And Taco Fall, you know, they're giving guys their run. A lot of young young guys, Carson Edwards to, to Romeo Langford now. These are not guys towards the end of the bench. These are not depth guys, but just to give you, like, Tremont Waters and Grant Williams and Rob Williams III, the interesting young guys. I don't know if they're going to produce this year. I don't think they'll get run this year, but it's something to look forward to in the future. You know, guys I'm naming that come down here, you know, like in Toronto, um, Stanley Johnson and guys like that are going to have to wait their turn. But they're interested and intriguing. Taco Fall, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Is he a fan favorite or they're going to make him – a guy that, you know, plays, you know. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll get his run because he's a fan favorite. But he, I think at his size, he can be a rebounder, a double-double guy. Not no all-star. Maybe even 8-8 eight and eight or, you know, something like that. But um, Tremont Waters is interesting as a point guard. They need a backup point guard. Um, he's a guy to look at. Brad Wanamaker is doing his thing. And then Grant Williams is another talented guy. Robert Williams the third. Romeo Langford, these guys can progress into some good bench players. People have faith in this team. But I don't think the Sixers are going to have a problem, especially from the center. If MB plays MB, this team's in trouble. If MB plays like MB, which, I mean, he, if he plays like a 23-11-8, I don't see Boston doing anything. And then Al Horford against whoever they got at power forward, you know, Jason Tatum can score, but him playing against Al Horford, they're going to have to put him at the small forward position. Tobias Harris against Gordon Hayward, I mean, that could be a mismatch. Josh Richardson, I just think they match up so well against Boston. And then the bench is better than Boston. It's not like it used to be. It's just, look, I'm just saying that you're looking at these teams. I, I think Boston if you look at it, we'll have the second best team, no question, in that division, Atlantic division. You look at Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not going to have much firepower. You know, uh, uh, Prince, uh, Torian Prince is now out. Uh, Denwoody's going to be out. That's going to be a team with, with, with depleted team. It could be something for uh, New York to get up, but we'll talk about them in a minute. Denwitty, the leading scorer, is not there. Den, um, the leading assist man, not there. He's really become a big-time player. Kyrie could not be playing. We'll see what happens. But Karis LeVert, uh, Joe Harris, they, they all score. Um, Jared Allen is, is a guy that's talented. Garrett Temple, but it's not really a team I'm worried about if you look at these guys. They got some music designing – Design M. Musa, he's a guy there from the International Prospect. Uh, Theo Pinson's a guy they like. Um, we're just looking at some young guys now that it's just interesting to see 
uh, Chris Chiazza out of uh, Florida, point guard. You're seeing guys that have been tested teams. Um, but the big guys like DeAndre Jordan and Kyrie Irving and Dinwiddie are not going to play. Now Prince, so it's going to be a real um, – <laughs> to really see how this goes as a team, some guys are going to get their chance to prove themselves. Maybe Henry Ellison, maybe Justin Anderson. See how this goes. Then we get to talk about New York. New York could possibly make a run now because Julius Randle is playing great. R.J. Barrett, Marcus Morris are all on this team playing good basketball. R.J. Barrett looks good. I mean, of course, there's a lot of things to get better about him, but R.J. Barrett's playing, you know, like he's going to be a, a star player in this league. I think he will be a star. Bobby Portis and, and Elvis Payton. I mean, this is a team full of guys that have to, you know, they got good talent, but we'll see what happens. Mitchell Robinson is probably one of the best players not talked about on this team. Um, Reggie Bullock is another guy that can score from the outside. Maurice Harkless can score. Um, Trey is not there, but Kevin Knox is still being looked at as a future player of this team. Marcus Morris is playing lights out ball. They might want to give him a contract after this season that's worth something because he's playing good. He's hitting 43% from three, 44% from the field. Julius Randle playing good basketball. Um, R.J. Barrett shooting 32% from the three-point. He's, he's trying to score from everywhere and get used to the speed of the game. And He looks like a promising player, like everybody thought he would be. Bobby Porter's hitting 35% from three. I just think this team, the promise part is different. You know, I mean, just, just they have to be patient because this team's not ready yet. Everybody knows it. It's a lot of young, promising names, but at the same time, you don't see them ready at all yet. I mean, just look at this team. Like, Julius Randle, he's in a, a position to be ready, but and Morris, but they're just two guys playing when you got guys like Barry and then and Port, Port is playing with this team depending on him to be a key player. It's just not going to work. He's just not the type of player. Peyton is not that type of player. These are guys that could be good bench players and, and, and still average 10 a game or be on a starting five with three or two superstars, uh, two all-stars. I mean, they, they need to be led by guys like that. Harkless is a guy that's also talented, but Kevin Knox is a young guy. These guys haven't built into anything. They haven't built into stars, so it's a lot of good, you know, quality talent, decent talent on this team altogether. But they need another guy, another player that can really, you know, light it up. But with this pandemic going on, I mean, New York could sneak in there. These are guys that listen, Barrett. Randall and Morris are playing. Portis is a tough guy. Peyton, if Brooklyn is losing all that, I mean, who's going to step up? It's another thing. You're going to see some guys step up and get names for themselves and get contracts because they're needed. All right, now I want to talk about, when I come back, we're going to talk about some things. Um, I'll talk more about basketball and where I see 
you know, uh, this we're gonna talk about the Atlantic Division, where I see the matchups and the teams, and you know, things that go on. I, I, we're definitely gonna talk about that, and um, we're gonna get to the next division that we're gonna have to definitely talk about. The, the next division that I feel like is tough, but it's, it's not really looked at in that light. The Central Division, I'm going to say with Milwaukee and Indiana and Detroit and a coming up Chicago, it's an interesting division. And we'll talk more about it when we come back here on Follow the Leader. One thing I want to talk about is the Sean Jackson situation that broke out recently. And um, I want to go over everything, truthfully, that was said to give everybody a meaning and, and, and talk about what I don't condone and what I, and, and what I feel is real. You know, and I'm, I'm going to get to it because we're going to get back to the NBA and talking about it. Listen. What has to be understood and it's real is that Deshaun Jackson said some things that, you know, wasn't supposed to be said. Now, he has a thought, and it's the way he's saying it, and we have to really, really be real towards, you know, what was said. Now, Jackson, um, Says some reference to the white uh, Jewish, the white Jews um, uh, were accused of blackmailing America. It's something about the white Jews blackmailing America. And Jackson, you know, he talked about, um, you know, the white Jews 
We're trying to blackmail. We're going to blackmail America. This is the this is the tweet. All right, this is the exact tweet. All right, it's crazy. And, and it's crazy. I understand, but you know, it's one of those tweets where you have to listen and directly see what he's saying. Which is, I'm, I'm, let me explain it. Let's let me explain it a little bit. We're going to have to get to it because it's one of those difficult things because I know other people are like, oh my God, what do you mean? Justified? No, hell no. Not justified. That's what he said. White Jews will blackmail America. That's what he put on his, on his Instagram. They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they are. Now, he also, um, Praise uh, Louis Farrakhan, who's in the Nation of Islam, who is, you know, has a resume of, you know, hate towards certain, you know, things, and they don't like it, and, you know, it's just that and the fourth. Now, you know, Jackson immediately apologized, and once he got to people, he said he wasn't trying to just no hate people, He sh- but he shouldn't have said that. That shouldn't have came on. That, it was a mistake. And it's a simple mistake. It's like anybody make a mistake and you tell them something and you're like, oh, man, that was messed up, but you let it go. Because it's like I said about Drew Brees. Drew Brees messed up. You cannot sit there and and know what's going on right now and say you wouldn't stand. I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't understand it. You have to be a little bit sympathetic, period, to what's going on, what just happened. He just, you know, has love for his grandfather, his love for the, and wouldn't kneel down to it. You know, he, he felt like you talk about the police, not that. Man, listen, but the thing was, you're wrong because the people itself, the people itself stand for America. The the people fighting for it, they're fighting for us. They're fighting for us. The people, is the reason why your soldiers on the field. So if the people don't feel it's right, they get to say something. It's like a country club. You know, the managers, they don't run it. The members, they run it. The members can get you fired. So it's a different, you know, thing. The people, the United States of America, you know, American people, like, we run this. So you're talking about soldiers. The soldiers work for the people. So if they don't feel it's right, they're going to kneel. Their flag was made for them. Um... And that's where I'm going to go. Deshaun Jackson said something that shouldn't have been said. Indefensible is is not a good word because he can defend it. No question. He just shouldn't have ever said it. You can say what you want on Deshaun Jackson. He had a he had a thought about something, and he said it in that way. He, he references to that. But you got to be hard, hard about Jews. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. That is, and I mean, I, I say that's um, totally unnecessary, uncalled for, and, you know, period. But to say he can't defend himself and, and, and say the reason, you know, he was referencing to something, it's crazy. And he immediately got to it. You know, you got to walk away from things. Some people are just not, you know, uh, they're not they're not seeing to what they're doing when they're, when they're on, at their peak of whatever, they're, how they're, they're thinking. And they're like, oh, man, I didn't mean it like that. You know, I, I was thinking something else. You know, I was, I was thinking a whole other thing, and then the Louis Farrakhan thing is different because it's like Louis—he didn't—he didn't quote nothing. He just gave praise to him, 
they can't say nothing about that. That was just, you know, another way to get at somebody to add something to it. Oh, he's talking about Louis Farrakhan. That's crazy. You can't, you can't go that route. You can't tell a person. But he's in he's in deep trouble. So And they know Louis Farrakhan's history of saying some, you know, things that weren't so good. So that, but, you know, I mean, and you can't call him uh, Hitler because he ain't went and killed nobody and killed a bunch of people. So it's crazy. But Deshaun Jackson has to be very mindful of what he does. It was not, he should have never did that. It's totally uncalled for, totally unnecessary. And, you know, you got to watch how you say things. And I feel that, I feel everybody's pain on that. But know that he's not a bad person or evil person. He just had a thought on something which he said the wrong way. So, all right. Let's talk now about um the Milwaukee Bucks. I like this team. I got a lot of love for this team. Um but there's some disrespect going toward this team. Brooke Lopez averaging two point four blocks a game. Alright. And he's giving you four point five rebounds. Giving you some three-point action. 81% from the free throw line. But even though it's a bad three-point percentage, he's a guy that'll hit that joint. I mean, he's attempting almost five a game. He's hitting at least one a game. He's going, So, he's seriously trying to hit that three. Um, Eric Bledsoe is totally disrespected. 15 points a game. 4.6 rebounds. 5.4 assists. How dare Barkley say they don't have anybody? Do anybody remember how good? Eric Blesso is like when he was with Phoenix, he's hitting forty eight percent from the field, thirty four percent from three. Chris Middleton is an all star, averaging twenty a game, six rebounds, four assists. The disrespect toward Milwaukee is what I don't accept. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. Over forty percent from three, forty nine percent from the field, ninety percent from the from the from the free throw line. Middleton needs to get his respect as one of the best players in, in the league. Top 50 player. I'll definitely say that. Dante DiVincenzo at 9.4 points a game. George Hill at 9 points a game. Almost 10. 11 for Lopez. Uh, Wesley Matthews hitting 7.5. Elias Silva 6.8. Still got Kyle Corver 6.7. Robin Lopez is 5.4. This is a good team. Pat Connaughton, good team. George Hill's hitting 53% from the field. We don't want to talk about it. No sign said nothing about Guinness yet. The guy's having a great year. Elias Sobel, 47% from the field, 37% from three, 36% from three for Wesley Matthews, 34% from three from DiVincenzo, 48% from three for George Hill, 41% from three for Kyle Corver, 34% for... Lopez, then you get the lower 30 guys like Connaughton and Brown. Like, it's an interesting team, real interesting. They can shoot, they can go to the free throw line. They got four people, five people, six people. I'm talking about Corva, Elias Sova, George Hill, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, Middleton, all hitting 80% or more from the line. Makes them dangerous. Makes them very dangerous. But the length that Philly has, you know, it's, it's going to be something. Philly going to have to step up because that team's going to get better and better. They're definitely a scary team. Uh, you want to talk about the Greek freak and his numbers? 
it's just unbelievable. Like this, he's just going to get better and better. Twenty nine point six points a game, eleven thirteen point seven rebounds, five point eight assists, one point one steal a game, one block a game. When I was talking about Ben Simmons. He's doing it. He's doing it. You know what I mean? He's doing it. He just ain't got eight assists yet. He got thirteen point seven rebounds. I mean, the Greek freak is doing his just do. He's shooting. 54.7% from the field, and thirty. now he's shooting 30% from three, which is dangerous. Him and Ben Simmons are both with the free throws and the three-pointers. Those two guys are almost alike, except Ben Simmons is faster. He's a guy you're going to have to look at, the Greek freak, as one of the top players in the league. You know, and I said Jalen Green and Imani Bates, and I mean, it's, it's a lot of good players, but... I don't see too many messing with Jalen Green and Bates and then Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons are two big-time players. And you go with the Greek Freak. It's just a, a good five. Now, you talk about Indiana. It's an important way to... Indiana, you know, if you got Aladipo coming back with TJ Warren and, and Sabonis, there's three guys that can score 18 or more. Brogdon's on this team. I, I, I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he'll be back, but um, be interesting to see how he plays um, next year. But he, I don't think he will be back with the coronavirus thing. He also had it. Um, Miles Turner's on this team. Doug McDermott's on this team. Jeremy Lamb is on this team. Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday both scoring good on this team. You still got T.J. McConnell. This is a good team. So everybody talking about all these other teams, just watch out. You just can't leave this team in the dirt at all. This is a very good team. When to see that Sabonis made the all-star team playing like he did with 18 and 12. T.J. Warren, 18.7 points, always been a good scorer. Brogdon was averaging 16 points and 7 assists, 4.7 rebounds. Aladipo, I mean, this team had a – this is a real good team, one of the best teams in the league. Chicago, you have to see how tough – like, Zach Levine is the real deal. Every year he's showing what type of player he is. Laurie Markkinen. Kobe White showed with Otto Porter has always been a good productive player. Wendell Carter Jr., 9.4 rebounds, 11 points. That is young. You know, Taylor Hutchinson. Taylor Hutchinson is playing good. Chris Dunn is still on their team. Denzel Valentine. This is a good squad. Daniel Gafford. Watch out for him. Still got Ryan Archidiakono. If this team can make a run, if somebody slips like... Of Brooklyn, it can hang on to an eighth spot. Detroit, I don't see too much with Detroit right now. We'll see how that goes. I mean, Derrick Rose is playing good this year. He's playing good basketball this year. Um, Drummond's not there anymore, but Kennard, Blake Griffin. I don't think they have enough firepower to do what they need to do. They don't have enough good players. We'll just have to see. I think this team is just going to develop as the game, as the season goes. We'll just see what happens, you know. 
this is a team that's trying to get back in the lottery. I just don't see them as a team trying to compete. Cleveland's not trying to compete. They want to dive back in the lottery. Let you know what players from that team. Colin Sexton, 20.8 points a game. My guy, I knew this guy was going to do it. Three assists, three rebounds. Kevin Love was scoring 17.6 points a game, 9.8 rebounds. He can still do that. Andre Drummond scoring 17.5 points, 11 rebounds. It's going to be a good center for him. Clarkson is still there. Darius Garland averaged 12.3 points and 3.9 assists. Kevin Porter Jr. had 10 points a game. Watch out for him. They got some good young guys. I say it's interesting to see how Colin Sexton and them guys play and how they hoop. 38% from three was Sexton was hitting. Sexton can score the basketball. Garland hit 35% from three. I mean, this is interesting young bucks. Interesting young bucks on this team. But ain't no playoffs happening. But just to see guys develop and see young guys you knew that they was in high school being five-star and they get a chance to bring a whole franchise up and see what happens. But I don't even see next year. You just got to see how – with Andre Drummond, it really gives you a building block. So we'll see what happens with that. You know, you get two guards with a big man. We'll see what happens with that. So who I see in that team. And let's just go back to uh, first let's start with the Central Division. And I'm going to say Milwaukee. I'm going to say Indiana. I'm going to say Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, right? But now it's a change. That's how it was at first. But now it's Milwaukee and Indiana. And I think it's a big, big chance that Chicago can make a run. This is my sleeper team, but Chicago, uh, Cleveland, and Detroit. I just think Cleveland going to make a bigger run than Detroit. Now, if you go back to the Atlantic Division, who I think will be, you know, do their thing in the Atlantic Division, I would have to go with Philadelphia is going to win that division. I, 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 if you talk about who's the best in that division to me, Philly is the best in that division. You're looking at the 46 wins by Toronto. They've been going. And I think it's Boston, Toronto, and I think New York, then Brooklyn. I think it'll finish like that. I think it would definitely finish like that. Now, next I'll talk about, you know, um, the Southeast Division. Which is, this is a little different, man. This is a different division. Real funny division. When I come back. Welcome back to File Leader of Sports Podcast. Let's get this going. All right, listen. Southeast Division. Let's rock with it. Miami Heat. They're deep. Orlando Magic look good with Markel Fultz. Washington Wizards. That's a young team that's trying to, you know, crawl. And Charlotte Hornets trying to find themselves. And, of course, it's all Atlanta Hawks. But they have a star in Trey Young. Miami's the real deal. 
Miami's the real that Jimmy Butler instantly comes and changes the whole franchise. I mean, if he would have been with Philly, man. Butler and Adebayo, all-stars. Goran Dragic. Kendrick Nunn is, what in the, he just got them another good rookie, just like another young guy, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Young guys are coming through here, developing. Jay Crowder is doing, having a good season. Justice Winslow. Um, Derrick Jones Jr., he's, he could turn into something. He could, you know what, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Kelly Olnick, another player. Um, they got Iguodala. This is a team that can play. I mean, Butler's been doing a good job, not shooting good from three. You got to look at that uh, from the field. He's really been working hard. Out of bio, working hard. Dragic, all those guys, uh, like I say, Tyler Hero shooting 39% from three. But what you have to understand is that that's a team that eventually, when you go up against a team like the Sixers, you're going to run out of gas in seven games. And I'm just keep on comparing the Sixers to a lot of these teams. Now you look at Orlando. Orlando, they're scary little. You got to watch this team. Um, Visevich, Nikola Visevich, uh, Evan Fournier, 18 points a game and up, basically 20-point a game scores. Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon doing what he does. He's, he got his world of talent. And then they have Markel Fultz. Jonathan Isaac. DJ Augustine's a good scorer. Uh, Mike Carter Williams gives him a good backup. You got James Ennis on the team. Mo Bamba still a guy developing, which is something to see. This guy hasn't hit his his whole ceiling yet. Um, Aaron Gordon's having a good year. I just think he needs to shoot better. He's really showing it. Markel Fultz is having a, a good year, a good comeback year. He needs to shoot better from three point line, but he's shooting them. Uh, Jonathan Isaac is, is is a guy. He's going to be a stud. He's going to really turn himself into a star. Uh, Mo Bamba hitting thirty five percent from three and forty six percent from the. They have to eventually let him do his thing. Give him their time on their team. Um, looking at Washington, it's always good to see some of these young guys and what these young because somebody has to get good. You know, and these guys looking at Bradley Bill averaging thirty point five a game. Davis Bertans, 15 points a game. Bill's averaging 30 points a game with 4.2 rebounds, 6.1 assists, 1.2 steals. Rayu Hachimera, 13 points a game and 6 rebounds. Having a good rookie year. Jordan McRae, 12.8 points a game. He's always going everywhere scoring. Isaiah Thomas, 12.2 points a game. Thomas Bryant from Indiana, 12 points a game. Finally found his niche. A guy that could have been a one and people were saying it'd be a one and done. Shabazz Napier scoring 12 points a game. Ish Smith, 10.5. Troy Brown Jr., watch out. 9.7 points a game, 5.3 rebounds. Morris Wagner, 9.5 points a game. Another good, talented player. Some interesting prospects on this team. Interesting prospects. Isaac Bonga. Interesting prospects on this team. Um, you see if John Wall comes back with, with Bill and you got Hachimura, you got Troy Brown Jr., you get you a lottery player here. You got Morris Wagner. You got a guy like Bertans off the bench. Something to see what happens with these players. Now 
I mean, Troy Brown Jr. is a real good player. Um, five star, almost a five star out of high school. Hatchie Murray is another good player. With Bill and Wall, you just need one more developing player. Bertans could be that guy to be a small forward next to Hatchie Murray. Because he is hitting lights out from the three. 42% from three. He hits lights out from there. They're, they're a sleeper team. Just like Orlando is. There's two sleeper teams on here. Charlotte is a team that's always there. You know, at the bottom of the pit, but competitive. 18 points a game for Devontae Graham, who's found his net 7.5 assists out of Kansas. Terry Rozier, 18 points a game. 4.1 assists, 4.4 rebounds. Having a great year with Charlotte after being traded. Miles Bridges, another guy, 13 points a game, uh, 5.6 rebounds. P.J. Washington, 12 points a game. Cody Zeller, Malik Monk, 10 points a game. These are young guys. Bismack Biombo. Guys like Jalen McDaniels and Dwayne Bacon, Caleb Martin, Cody Martin. This is a young team that's really, you know, trying to find his way. I'm giving you the the bottom guys like Cody Martin. You know, those are guys that were good in college. Let's see what they do. They they go and they get their minutes, 18 minutes a game, average five points a game for Cody Martin. Khalid Martin was 17.6 minutes a game, averaging 6.2 points a game. That's something to say. That's good quality playing off the bench. Dwayne Bacon averaging 5.7 points a game with 17.6 minutes. Guys are trying to find themselves. This is one of them teams that won't be in the playoffs, but it's a young, they always are tough. Malik Monk is the key to that team. In Atlanta. I think Atlanta will be the team next year. You really have to watch. This is another team you have to watch out for. They just have too many weapons. It's a team. Next year, it'll be a year I think you have to start being scared of them. Trey Young with the 29 points a game and 9.3 assists. Goodness. John Collins, 21 points a game. Jabari Parker, 15 points a game. There's talent on this team. DeAndre Hunter, 12.3 points a game, 4.5 rebounds. Kevin Hooter, 12 points a game. Cam Reddish, 10 points a game, 2.5, 3.7 rebounds. Alex Lynn, 8.7. Debman, 8.1. DeAndre Bembry off the bench. They got guys that can play. And you're looking at who's shooting good from the three. You know, Trey Young's hitting 36%. Collins is hitting 40%. Hood is hitting 35%. I mean, Hurd is hitting, you know, 35%. 38% from uh, Hurd, excuse me. Hunter's hitting 35%. Who do I think makes the playoffs? Let's see. Now, now that is a very, very good question. Looking at right now from a playoff aspect, where everyone is. Milwaukee's one. Raptors is two. Celtics is three. Miami, four. The Pacers is five. Sixers is a six seed. Nets is seven seed. And the Magic is an eighth seed. The Washington Wizards... Are six are um six games back of the Magic. 
Hornets are 23 games back. Now, playoffs start today. Orlando against Milwaukee. Brooklyn against Toronto. Philly against Boston. Wow. And the Heat against the Pacers. Wow. How do I think things will finish out? Well, I had to see. Um, I could see Philly grabbing a fourth seed. I could really see Philly grabbing their fourth seed over Miami. And probably play Miami in the first round. The third seed. And that's crazy because Philly could grab their third seed. But I think they'll grab the fourth seed. The third seed, I think, will stay Boston. And if you look at the sixth seed, I can see Boston playing Indiana in the sixth seed. And their second seed is going to stay Toronto and Milwaukee. Now, the seventh and eighth seed, I think Orlando stays in there. Brooklyn is making the run, but who's going to help Brooklyn make this run? That's why I ironically think that um, if it does stay like that, I think Orlando topples Brooklyn and it's seven A C. Orlando is seven C, and Brooklyn's the A C. If it stays and it goes in these directions, regardless, I think that. You know, if Philly's in the fourth seed, they'll play whoever, and they'll end up playing Milwaukee still. They'll still be able to meet Milwaukee. I'm looking at this as Milwaukee-Philly, and then it's over with Philly goes to the finals. I just think nobody can defend the Sixers. Who? And if you think I asked who they're going to get in the draft, it's the last 10 minutes I wanted to include the NBA Draft Room, part of the Philadelphia 76ers. I work for NBA Draft Room. That's the family. We're going to see exactly where we are at here. All right, listen. Now, the Sixers... If it all ended right now, and this is what that's going to be based on, Twenty twenty NBA draft it is loaded. Big and loaded. And Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, the Metal Bog, Okange Kwangu, some good it's Anyeke Kwangu, excuse me, but let's go where the Sixers are at. Looking at the twenty second pick. Yeah, NBA draft from we haven't taken Jamie's Ramsey, which is a good pick. I mean goodness. 
I love that pick. He listen. I've been following this guy ever since high school. He's the real deal. I knew when he committed, and and R.J. Hampton had him on had Texas A and I mean Texas Tech on his you no know, final list. And I you know I thought wow if R.J. Hampton could play with you know that type of guy that's big. But if if we're looking at what's going on and the picks to the left. Ramsey definitely could be a pick, but so Josh Green is the pick. He's he's a safe pick, and that whole thing, he can play defense, and he can score. I think Josh Green will be the ultimate pick that they would get. But if you're looking at other picks, other guys that are left, Vernon Carey. If Vernon Carey is left, Philly just takes him. If you don't take Vernon Carey, you're crazy. If Vernon Carey Jr. is left to be the thirtieth pick. You take Vernon Carey Jr. Cassius Stanley's another good player that they could take, I, I would like. Tyrese Maxey, I just think he's too small. He's a killer, though. Score off the bench, or maybe he play. I mean, I like Tyrese Maxey. I can't say I, I, I don't think he would be a, I think, a bigger guy. When you got Josh Green and Jameis Ramsey available to you with Vernon Carey and Cassius Stanley, I think, wow. I think size, I rock with it. But if Vernon Carey Jr. is available, you take him, no doubt. It's, it's, that's it. Vernon Carey Jr. 16, 260, can do everything. Yes, you take him. All right, I'm out of here, y'all. This is Follow Leader Podcast. Glad y'all was with me on reviewing the East and who would win, who would come out. Uh, talking about the Sean Jackson situation. And also, congratulations to Patrick Mahomes for getting a whole hell of a lot of damn money. Um, uh, t- uh, 10 years, $503 million. Goodness gracious. Are you crazy? He got it. Congratulations to the Mahomes family, his mom and dad. Uh, wow. Y'all y'all birthed a $50 million kid. Uh, everybody. The man worked hard. He got it. I'm out of here, y'all. Follow the leader.